Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, I want you to look down at your pet right now and say, is my pet fat? Is my pet obese? Because chances are really good that it might be. And it's not that uh, you didn't mean good, giving them those extra treats or the food from the table, but... Unfortunately, that might have been a little too much for them. Uh, Dr. Debbie, how many animals do you see in like a daily practice that you would say are overweight? You give the, the owner that lecture about them being overweight. Oh, I would say at least 50%, probably 70%. Really? Okay. And yeah. You probably have that lecture memorized by now pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? A lot of that is also just kind of, I don't want to say denial, but recognizing when a pet is really overweight. Because we get kind of used to what like Labradors look like walking down the road. Um, but when I tell people, oh, that's an overweight Labrador. You know, this is what they're supposed to look like. Oh, no, that's too skinny. That's too skinny. <laughs> so I think we have to retrain what we think a dog is supposed to look like. And, um, you know, that's something we have to change. That's the same thing with humans. For years, I looked in the mirror and thought, well, there's a real svelte guy. And uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, my wife says that's not the case. Uh, in fact, I'm a little chubby is what she says. So uh, it's one of those things that you may not see in your dog, especially if you see them every day. And cats, too, by the way. And I would imagine that you see fat iguanas and uh, fat flamingos and that. Well, definitely. I mean, we can overfeed just about any animal and, and create fatty disease of different ways. You know, diabetes, fatty liver disease, um, you know, and then there's the whole host of other things that come along with being overweight. You know, we have skin infections from skin folds that can, you know, don't see a lot of daylight or moisture, or the moisture builds up. Um, they're prone to arthritic problems, injuries, orthopedic injuries. Um, just really a whole host of problems that if we keep our pets lean, you can help to really avoid those trips to the veterinary office. And I love telling people that. It's like, how do you save money at the vet? Don't overfeed your pet. <laughs> <laughs> Some people think that their pets are cute when they're, I mean, everybody loves a fat cat, but you're right. It's not healthy. And I know Roro, uh, he was a rescued bulldog and his owners, uh, he lost, what, about 20 pounds when I adopted him because his owners cooked him food to make him fat because they thought he looked so cute. Oh, oh, that is horrible. But bulldogs, yeah, they should really have a waist. And can I also just say that, you know, people often will say, but he's hungry, he's looking for more food. That does not mean a dog is necessarily hungry. It is a mechanism of survival. That's how dogs really became domesticated. They learned if I sit near these humans, they're going to throw food at me. And it usually works at the dinner table if you look sad enough with those puppy dog eyes. <laughs> so are they really hungry or are they just kind of knowing how the human mechanism works and how you're going to get food? Well, if you happen to be one of these people that has a fat pet, or even if you don't, you'll love our guest today, pet expert and trainer Travis Brorson. It's a brand new television show on Animal Planet called My Big Fat Pet Makeover. Yeah, My Big Fat Pet Makeover. It premieres next weekend on Animal Planet. We'll find out what that show is all about and how he's helping animals slim down across America. Uh, we're also taking your calls, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani. In fact, we'll go to those phones in just a couple of seconds here. Uh, let's find out what's happening in the newsroom. Miss Lori Brooks. 
Uh, Roro's pouting now since I called him fat. fat. Apparently, you can't, you can't do that. You just say, "Hey, you're pleasantly plump. We need to work out a little bit." Gotta what was gentle. the word we used to use? Uh, um, hefty, hefty jeans, <laughs> big bones. Yes, um, but anyhow, we're going to be talking a lot about marijuana or pet pot. How's that? Pet okay. pot. And um, Dr. Debbie, I think you're going to need to give a class in this because there are so many confusing elements about marijuana and you know the CBD and the THC and the, and all of the different things and what each of those components does it's kind of crazy but we're going to take a review and tell you why it is imperative that you talk with a vet before you use any of these products with your pets i see so many of these products available now just more and more every day my email box has something about a pot related product that is supposed to help your pet with their pain and their joints and such. Yeah, and, and it's, what's challenging is, you know, as a veterinarian, it's a still an illegal drug we cannot prescribe. So it's making veterinarians walk a very dangerous line. I can't recommend it because I could lose my license by recommending it. So we really need to talk about scheduling um, differences before we can start to really have a good conversation about doses, safety, indications. And that's something we have to really uh, go after the, uh, the, the drug enforcement folks about. Because there may be something there we need to be learning, but we need controlled studies. Okay, more on the way coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Roro, which one are we going to? Three. Well, hi, May. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. What's going on in your world? Oh, well, I've just got a big cat that seems to kind of have dandruff. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Not all the time, but from time to time, it seems to be clicked a little bit by the top of her tail, uh, you know, where it comes out from her body in that area. Uh, she's a Siamese cat, and she weighs almost 18 pounds. <gasps> Holy moly. A wow. couple of years, but she's not fat. She's just um, a big cat. Mm. She's not a big eater. And, uh, she wow. Exercise and everything, but she's just a big cat. I took her in and uh, when I first got her, and they said, well, she's not a fat cat. She's just a big cat. This is the way some of them are sometimes, you know. When I first got her, they put some something on her. I can't even remember what it was, and but it didn't work. It was very greasy, and it just wore itself off, and it didn't really work. I was wondering if there's something I can use on her coat that might help it. Mm, okay, um, perhaps. Now, there's a couple things I, I want to ask you. Does okay. she seem itchy, scratchy? Does she have hair loss in any of the areas on her body? No, she doesn't scratch, and she doesn't have any hair loss. And I kind of pulled up her fur and checked it. She doesn't have any dry spots or dry under there. It's the weirdest thing. It's kind of like a flaky... Um, when I brush her and I take the hair off the brush, you can see little spots of hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's yeah. an indoor cat, and I'm wondering if maybe it's just a dry skin that she's got. Well, the first thing is when you tell me that you have a Siamese that's 18 pounds, um, my uh, BS radar is going on that she's in good weight because there are not many um, Siamese, which are fine-boned, lean cats, is generally what the breed type is. She's so not I would Siamese. She's partial, I think, maybe half Siamese. Yeah. Well, we do see, um, especially in the hindquarter area, right over the rump, we do see a problem where um, overweight cats will 
commonly get dry skin in that area and they'll have a lot of flakiness. And part of it is because they're a little bit too round, um, kind of like a weeble. They can't turn around and groom that spot very well. Uh-huh. So that can definitely play one factor in things. But when we look at, you know, what are all the causes of what makes a cat have flaky skin? Well, we look at things like parasites. Um, so, you know, perhaps your veterinarian did treat with like a topical parasite product. Um, uh-huh. cause that'd be one of the simplest things that I would always start with is to make sure we're doing really good flea control. Um, because there's also other types of parasites you can't see, like mites that can cause, um, flakiness as well as itching and so forth. So uh-huh. making she sure that you've had an outdoor cat. She's an indoor cat all the time. Understand. Yeah. But there's and still but types still, of, I still give her the flea thing. Um, we do that. When I, I, I've taken her into a vet, she goes absolutely berserk. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. So some of the things that I would tell you that, you know, we were, we think about when we have a cat that has this, this dry skin, um, even though she doesn't go outside, um, as a veterinarian, it's very simple and easy to treat for things like mites, those parasites you can't see. And that is an important thing to make sure, you know, you get that kind of knocked off the list of concerns. So if that's what your vet did treat for, super. If not, then I would make sure you, you do do that. And then as far as, you know, grooming is really a big thing. So, um, you know, we can't replace what a cat does to to groom themselves, but if this is possible that she can't reach that area, then we want to do a good regular grooming on her. So getting down to the level of the skin, getting the undercoat out, and uh-huh. using a brush or comb to really stimulate the natural oils in those areas, because that's part of the benefit of grooming. Yeah, Not well, only does it I get do rid of the hair. I'm with her, and she she tolerates whatever. I, in fact, I even cut her nails. Believe it or not. Great. Uh, when yeah. you take her into the vet, I mean, they, they just see her coming and they all hide because she's a miserable <laughs> cat. Would I be able to go into a vet and get something for that or would I have to... Well, you know, really getting a veterinary opinion of this problem is really important to start things off on the right direction because uh-huh. you could go in and pick up medications, but really, um, you know, for myself, if I could see her, I would tell you, gosh, I think this is the best direction to go. Oh, One do. of the products that I commonly use if we're dealing just with seborrhea, which is basically a dryness and a problem with this flaking, is I'll use a, a type of a topical that's a, um, it's a proceramide. So it's part of the the lipids um, that we're restoring in the skin layer. So pets that have dry skin for various conditions, um, they are often deficient in these lipids in the skin. So we can use a type of a spot-on um, that we put on regularly, usually about once a week, and it helps to restore the lipid in the skin barrier. And that helps, you know, not just decrease the amount of sebum, the kind of the waxy stuff that they build up, but it also keeps inflammation down. It helps keep bacteria counts down and all of that. So it can help with a lot of conditions. So that's why I think it's important we, we have your veterinarian say, hey, this would be a good idea. I'd like to try that. It's pretty easy. It's things you can do at home. Since I use a, a, a good brush to brush her every day, and I can take the, the hair off of that from after I brush her, and you can see the small pieces in it. Would it be feasible to take that into the vet and say, look, I hate to bring the cat in because... And, and show them this, would they be able to go any further with that? It would be very limited because yeah. there are some types of parasites that live 
on the surface of the hair, and there's others that live inside the skin. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just like anything, you know, if um, something's cut off and removed from the uh, an organism as a whole, it really doesn't give us the full picture. Right. So, right. you know, your vet may say, hey, sure, you know, maybe I really don't want to see your cat. <laughs> and bring in some hair and some I mean, scale, and I'll look at that. The size of her, she, she's about two feet long, too. She's not uh, a small cat. She's a big cat. And uh, well, you take look, one look at her, and then, of course, they want to pet her, and she's not having any of that. Yeah, so well, thank you very much. About that. You were very helpful, and I really do appreciate you calling me back. I really didn't expect that. Of course. That's wonderful. I listen to your show all the time, and it's amazing how many things you come up with. And I think, well, I didn't know that, you know. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Ah, Tater is a cutie. And uh, a new addition to the studio here. Tell listeners about Tater. Um, Tater actually has um, a really good story. Um, Very sad story, though. He came to us. He's a foster. He was found, oh gosh, there was a woman walking her dogs, and they kept going to this trash can and sniffing and barking at the trash can and whining. And then that was one morning, and then they did it again that night. And the next morning, they went back to this trash can, and they're doing the same thing. And she's like, that trash can is there all the time. What is in there? So she opened it up, and there was a little tater. Oh. Who, yeah. He had been slashed three times. And, um, yeah, so he was not even a year, but close to it. And then he went on to be a service dog, which is kind of dangerous because sometimes people... You know, it doesn't work out. They, you know, there are relapses in that world. So he's 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 become a foster dog, and we're probably going to become foster failures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Very lucky smart. to have you. That's for sure. Yeah. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Debbie Martin. She works over at the Karen Pryor Academy. She's actually a certified training partner over there, and she is going to tell us a little bit about how to read your dog's body language. That's so important. Yeah. A lot of people can't. No, I... Or they misread it. Yeah. They don't see the right cues. Yeah, well, this this is important. This is a way to tell if they're fearful or stressed. So we'll find out how to read your dog's body language in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. And uh, Lori, what are you working on for the bottom of the hour? What are you and Tater working on? Uh, We're talking about medical marijuana for... Well, I guess it doesn't have to be medical marijuana for pets. It's just pot for pets. And it's so big these days, but... There's um, something I need to let you know that if you, as a human, are a fan of these products too, maybe like the, the marijuana brownies and you happen to eat one, and then maybe, you know, if your dog can get a hold of and eat your poop, why that could be so deadly for your dog, okay? 
We'll it, tell you about it. That's bizarre. I wouldn't even imagine it a scenario bizarre. that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say we, we have to talk about just the brownies by themselves. I think the opportunity for dogs eating marijuana brownies, gummy bears, are far higher than them getting into their owner's fecal material. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it happens. Okay. That's on the way. Let's take some calls for Dr. Debbie, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science. Just like their owners, pets get older. Joints stiffen up. Jumping for joy suddenly becomes more difficult. Well, Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help to support joint health in your pet. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Glee. Hi, Hal. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie's right here. I want, uh, now my boyfriend is going to try to get my birth. They are learning to talk, but we cannot understand what they're trying to say. <laughs> okay. And if you could tell me a little bit what they're trying to say. I know they say pretty bird, and that's it. I'll have to put you on speakerphone, okay? Okay. Okay, so we're trying to decipher what your birds are trying to say. Yeah, okay. and I can't decipher it all because this is about the time of eating they get really talkative. Okay. And they was okay. just a little bit. Okay. Okay. We're Just ready. go to talk to them. Okay. Uh, their names are Chris and Katrina. Chris and Katrina. Okay. Okay. Chris, come here. Talk to me. Hey, Chris. Katrina. Chris and Katrina. Hello. Hello. They're being their stubborn self. <laughs> like a little kid. I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. They are, uh, yeah. Oh, I heard him whistle. Yeah. Are you showing them a picture of me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They really like my boyfriend. And he can get them to go on. And they've, they've been doing this thing like they're laughing. Um, you know, as far as translating what they're saying might be hard to do. Um, but we know that birds try to mimic sounds that they're in their environment. So um, especially if we're teaching a bird to talk, um, we try to find sounds that are appealing to them. So, you know, there's probably something either in your voice or in your boyfriend's voice um, in different words that have been said that they've heard that they will try to repeat. Now, it, it becomes a little challenging. I'm assuming these two birds are together. Yeah. And okay. he doesn't really like her too well either. Uh, who doesn't like her? Chris doesn't really like Katrina that well because he will pick at her. Oh, well, they don't get along. Okay, huh? well, he that happens, better. you know. And then just like, but no, for no. birds to to be good talkers, um, a lot of times we have better success when a bird is housed alone. And part of the reason is the talking behavior is kind of a kind of a pair uh, behavior. So it's kind of something that. Um, birds would do together as mates. So if we have a single bird in a home, sometimes, you know, when we spend that extra efforts to getting that bird to talk, we'll have better success than if we have multiple birds within one enclosure. Now, and every bird's different. Some will talk more readily, especially the boys. The boys tend to be better talkers um, with cockatiels. So um, I don't know that I'll be able to be the cockatiel um, translator here, but I would definitely look to see when you're speaking to your birds, if there's certain tones that you're using, certain words that you're saying, if you see them showing interest, moving their mouth, or starting to make sounds, 
keep repeating those words. Um, but as far as to try to figure out what they're saying after the fact, it's a little hard. It's a little bit hard to go backwards. But watch their behaviors, and if there's something they're finding appealing and showing interest in, then keep saying those words, and then we'd focus on uh, repeating that. So hopefully they're good words, and we're not using any swear words or <laughs> anything bad in that way. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Glee. one 405 8405 to reach out to the Dream Team, this portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has a supplement for all of your pet's needs. Thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, if you or if you know anyone who uses marijuana, it's, um, you know, in its many different forms uh, or, you know, properties, you have to store it in a very safe place where pets cannot get into it. There's a new study out of Colorado that shows a fourfold increase in pet cannabis-related medical cases. And much of that, they say, is simply pets getting into their owner's secret stash. Answer.com, which is a website that allows people to chat online with experts, and in this case, veterinarians. They say that the number of questions it has received related to marijuana and pets has gone up by 65%. In California alone, those questions already this year increased by 73%. So they went back and they reviewed all their calls. And Ask.com said that most of the requests for information asked about what to do if a dog or a cat had consumed marijuana. And by the way, most of these cases involve dogs. There's a, a chemical that's naturally found in marijuana called THC. It's what gives those who use it the high. But THC is toxic to pets. Veterinary experts say that cannabis can damage the neurological systems in pets and can also sometimes be fatal. And they fear that really right now, with all of the marijuana legalization and for medicinal purposes, they are just beginning to see the start of these many problems. However, not all of these pet overdose cases are accidental ingestion. They say they're starting to also see an increase in cannabis intoxications, which are due to pet parents actually using products on their pets, specifically the low THC cannabinoid or CBD products. The market is booming these days for so-called pot for pet products, and a lot of them are made from hemp because hemp only contains 
tiny minute traces of THC, and they say it can treat some pet ailments and people ailments too, they claim. But these products boast the benefits of CBD, the cannabinoid. It's a, a cannabis compound that doesn't include those intoxicating qualities. So this marijuana stuff can be very complicated. There's a big difference in between the THC and the CBD. And if you're not familiar with cannabis and all of its components, please have a talk with your vet before giving any pot pet products to your fur babies. And, and finally, these experts warn about uh, the poop of humans who eat cannabis, foods, and desserts. I know you're going, what? It's because dogs have been known to eat human poop, I guess for those people who choose to poo-poo outside. Uh, But just so you know, consumed cannabis, you eat a, a marijuana brownie or whatever, consumed cannabis is not metabolized in humans as it passes through your digestive system and then is expelled in your stool. So if a dog eats that poop, it's the same as them eating marijuana. Got that? That's well, just weird. Um, that's just You know, I thought strange. the same thing, but I thought, I'm going to share this with you guys or, you know, with everybody. Because it, who knows? It could happen. And, and it's pretty serious. And another thing, a lot of those marijuana desserts, the brownies and chocolates and that kind of stuff, are made using xylitol. It's an artificial sweetener, and it is um, xylitol is extremely toxic to dogs, so that's also something to watch out for. Xylitol, but keep your xylitol in your pot away from your uh, fur kids. And your and your poop. And your poop. And your yes. poop. Hey, there's a, a potential cat fight of sorts brewing over in Britain because the British government's longtime mouse hunting cat Larry's position is said to be threatened now by his rival Palmerston. Palmerston is the foreign office cat in Britain, and he's putting a little pressure on Downing Street's resident mouser Larry after reporters actually found a document released under freedom of information laws over there. And uh, that information revealed that Larry had killed at least 27 mice since last year. However, Palmerston's caretakers over at the foreign office say, you know, they think that Palmerston's count is much higher than Larry's 27. Just, you know, they don't document it, but they know that they've seen more than 27 instances. And and they're also very quick to point out that Larry was recently involved in a controversy after he was caught sparing a mouse's life and sleeping on the job. Uh, you know, I don't you know, know if I if I would break. brag about that. That other place just says that they're rat infested. I was very good. I was thinking point, the Judy. same thing. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, 
and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh one so that your home stays clean and odor-free. With Brilliant Pad, you'll never have to see, touch, or smell the yuck again. You can learn more over at BrilliantPad.com, and thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. And would you believe it is the ninth annual Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour, and Miss Susan Sims checking in from the road. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? Hey, Hal. We are doing so great. I wish everybody could get on the road with us and, and uh, run some of these pet adoption events. Tell listeners what the Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour is all about. Oh, absolutely. This is our ninth annual cross-country pet adoption tour. We start from Los Angeles. We go all the way to Chicago and work our way back. And what, why we do this is to support a, uh, the shelter events, help raise money for the shelters, and raise awareness for the plight of these shelter animals. So in the first eight years, by doing Get Your Licks on Route 66, we have helped place over 9,000 pets into new wow. forever homes. Wow. And you kick off in L.A. a couple of weeks ago, and it uh, looks like today you're going to be in Edmond, Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, uh, we love coming uh, back through Oklahoma. They're like some of the nicest people you'll ever want to meet. We have three events in Oklahoma, and uh, it, it, they're just so delighted to have us. We bring our giant spinning wheel. These are filled with prizes that our sponsors donate, and then when they donate, when the attendees donate money to spin the wheel and win prizes, at the end of the day, we donate all that money to the shelter. So that's that's a little way that we can give back and uh, have make it fun for everybody. And tomorrow you will be in Tulsa at the Woodland Hills Mall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woodland Hills, yeah, and Woodland Hills Mall is such a great space for us. We're inside the mall, usually by the escalators. Yeah, what, what do you say to the person that says, I'm not going to this event because I'll end up adopting an animal? Well, we tell them, look, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean by that, and this just will help support the shelter. So without adopting a pet, you can still um, help raise money for your local shelter. I see in Tuesday you're going to be in Joplin, Missouri. That's a special place for you, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. It is, Judy. And last year, since we've been doing this, my husband and I make uh, make a point not to visit the dogs and cats because <laughs> our, you know, our heart goes out and we just want to take them home. And we bring our two directors of marketing with us and they, they go to the uh, doggy daycare while we work. So we thought, you know, we really don't have room to bring animals back. But in Joplin at the Golden Paw Rescue, one of the volunteers walked out with the cutest puppy you've ever seen in your whole entire life. And we immediately fell in love. She's a little Jack Russell chihuahua, Uh (laughs) and we named her Honey. (laughs) And you took Honey home, didn't you? We took Honey, and she's on the road with us now. So she's getting to go to all these different hotels and give her paws up on these different phytofriendly hotels that we get to stay at. Is she a good traveler? You know, she is so good. From the beginning, when we drove home uh, last year, she got in her crate and slept the whole entire time. If you live anywhere along Route 66 or the areas here, here's the, I guess the rest of the tour is going to end up in uh, Joplin, as we just mentioned, Springfield, St. Louis, Chicago, Springfield, Illinois, Grandview, Missouri, Merriam, Kansas. Uh, you have a few more dates before this whole thing ends. 
Yeah, we're going to be on the road for quite a while. We uh, actually won't get home. Our last event is October 15th. And I wanted to mention real quickly that uh, the Petco Foundation did come in this year as our presenting sponsor. And a lot of people don't know that our partners in caring is Animal Radio. You guys are so awesome. You have helped us from the get-go. And we, we always love being a part of this. Uh, and, and like we say every year, next year we're going to be out on the road with you. Sure wish you would. <laughs> we get the calls, people saying, you know, you should take another highway next time. Maybe 70 or uh, 40. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that when we get home. <laughs> okay. Susan, we'll check in with you within the next couple of weeks here, okay? Okay, sounds good. Thank you, guys. We'll put all the information about the tour over at animalradio.pet. And let's go back to the phones for your calls. Toll free for Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio, baby. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll go back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. But first, we're going to visit with Debbie Martin. She's a licensed veterinary tech. She also uh, teaches at the Karen Pryor Academy. She's a certified training partner there, and she, she knows just about everything about dog behavior and your how to read your dog's behavior. And that's something that a lot of us, you know, we may be oblivious to actually understanding what our pets are saying with their behavior. Unfortunately, they can't, uh, they can't just yap out when they're feeling hungry or upset. They can't just tell you. No, but they they, show it. But they show it. They show it with their bodies, but we don't know how to interpret that. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. What is so important about understanding your pet's body language anyway? Well, it's really important that owners can read their pet's body language, whether it be a dog or a cat, because that's their main mode of communication to humans. They communicate in a variety of different ways through vocalizations as well as smell or scent within their species, but their main mode of communication for people is really going to be body language. Those are things that we can pick up on as our pet parents and advocates for our pets uh, to recognize when they're feeling relaxed and happy about something or when they might be a little bit nervous or anxious. Okay, I have my eyes on my dog right now. What are some <laughs> common signs of distress and anxiety? Well, there's those obvious signs that are going to happen that, you know, trying to get away from a situation, their tails tucked really tight underneath them, they're frozen with fear or they're trembling, their ears are back. Those are very obvious signs that an animal is distressed or nervous or anxious. But there can be very subtle signs that lead up to that that it's important that we're aware of so that we can perhaps change the environment or the interaction that's happening so our animal doesn't become overly distressed. And some of those subtle signs are such things just as like licking their lips, avoiding eye contact, 
maybe turning their head away or moving away slightly. It could be panting when they're not hot or being active. Uh, sometimes we'll see dogs do things like a wet dog shake. So they're playing roughly with another dog, and they all of a sudden stop and they shake off even though they're not wet, and that's just kind of a stress reliever for them. So these can be kind of just subtle things that are happening that could just say our dog's a little bit nervous or anxious, or it could be high arousal. What's really important to realize is that body language tells part of the story, but the other part is context looking at the context of when it's happening. So, for example, if a stranger approaches your dog and the dog looks away, licks his lips, and maybe does a wet dog shake and starts to turn away from that person, your dog's probably saying, hey, I'm not quite comfortable interacting with this person right now, Mm. and maybe we shouldn't force the issue. I'd say we shouldn't force the issue. (laughs) So does a wagging tail always mean that a dog is happy and, you know, happy to see you and approachable? Not always. It depends how the tail wags and, again, the context. Uh, So if it's in the natural position that that dog would carry its tail, and this can get tricky because dog tails come in a variety of different shapes and sizes and carriage. Some carry them naturally really high over their back, and others are going to have, some don't even have tails, which make it even more challenging, Uh, but others are going to have just kind of your normal tail carriage. You need to be able to recognize your own dog's body language, like where their tail is when you come home and they're happy to see you. What does that look like? It should be usually kind of a a lag back and forth that's fairly neutral position. It's not way up high over their back unless that's how your dog normally carries their tail. There are breeds of dogs that their tails curl up over their back. And so it doesn't always apply depending on the breed or the combination of breeds that your dog has within them. What is something that you always see pet owners do that you wish that they would change? There's this misconception that we need to put our hand out for a dog to smell us so that they can kind of get to know us. Dogs can smell us from a mile away. A dog can smell a human fingerprint on a pane of glass six uh, weeks later. See, I they do don't, that. You don't need to put your hand, you don't need to put your hand out. Yeah. As soon as uh, I approach so, a strange dog, that's the first thing I do. First thing you do is put your hand out. Uh-huh. Uh, and so in dog language, that's, that, you know, getting into their personal space, maybe before they're ready. My biggest tip for pet owners is play hard to get. Even with dogs that seem interested in you, act as if, act very nonchalant, avoid eye contact, turn sideways. Let them approach you on their own terms instead of trying to be their friend right away. Because even the most well-intentioned, friendly person can put a dog off very quickly by getting into their face and trying to kind of be the best friend immediately. Just like you, if you were out walking and someone said hello to you, you'd probably say hello and that would be fine. But if they ran up right into your face and tried to give you a hug, <laughs> you'd be a little bit overwhelmed and it's no different with dogs. That they, depends, you, you know. A, yeah, yeah. Some dogs, yeah, yeah, exactly. Depends who it was. That's right. Up to give you a hug. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we could make exceptions, but in general, <laughs> um, and that's probably the same with dogs. Uh, in general, unless there's an already established relationship, uh, that that's not probably going to be as, as powerful and reinforcing as we think it's going to be. Awesome to wow. learn. Uh, yeah, I learned something new. Debbie, we <laughs> thank you so much for spending time with us today. 
You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Check out the website, Fear Free Happy Homes or FearFreePets.com. FearFreeHappyHomes.com or FearFreePets.com. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. And we're going to go back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 next. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. This is Animal Radio. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we love talking to you. Yes, you, looking down at your radio right now. Pick up the phone, put your fat little fingers in there and dial 1-866-405-8405. You, you may have small, thin fingers. I'm not... I'm not saying that you have fat fingers. And whatever fingers you have, you can call us toll-free, or you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I back paddle so much. <laughs> <laughs> you get yourself into trouble. I, really, I can't even imagine. Whoever gave me this job, they are nuts. Let me tell you something right now. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about your fat pet. Yeah, look at your pet. Do they really look thin to you? You know, there's a good chance they're a little bit overweight. And there's a good chance the reason is because maybe you feed them treats from the table. You give them extra treats when they're good or even when they're bad. They're just getting too much food, maybe not enough exercise. Maybe if you're overweight, they're overweight too, and both of you need to get some exercise. Here I am back paddling again. Coming up in just a few minutes, Travis Brorenson. He's a pet expert and trainer, and he's hosting a brand-new show on Animal Planet called My Big Fat Pet Makeover. And it airs next weekend. We're going to find out what that's all about just around the corner. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? I don't know. I'm looking at my fat fingers, my fat butt, my fat dog. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and enjoying your back paddling, Hal. Um, there's a new discovery in the world of guinea pigs about this special bacteria that they carry that can cause some very serious health problems for Ooh. humans. Oh, that's so we'll tell you about that. Okay, and you know, guinea pigs, that often children get those, and their immunity is not fabulous. Old, elderly yeah, children. Yeah, if, if they're really young They're children, more susceptible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and plus they touch them, and then they put their fingers in their mouth. And, uh, Sometimes they actually put, uh, like, turtles and uh, hamsters in their mouth. In their mouth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah children you, can be filthy. They can, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I prefer Here, anybody, pets. anybody, you want a booger? <laughs> yes. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I remember my brothers and sisters chasing me around the house with boogers on their fingers. I chased my sister with a toilet brush. That was the, the way I'd gross her out. Oh. You ladies are embarrassing me. <laughs> Girls are mean. I think maybe that's just what we're getting down to here. <laughs> Let's uh, go to Diana. Hi, Diana. How are you? Hi, I'm just fine. Thank you. Where are you calling from today? From California. What's going on with you? Well, I uh, my sister passed away a couple years or a couple of months ago. I'm sorry. And 
Thank you. We took um, two of her dogs in. One of them is a male. He's like a terrier chihuahua mix. And he's marking inside my house his territory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I take it, is he neutered? No, he's not. I'm, that's my next step. I'm going to have him neutered. But Okay. Well, because that really is... For a male dog, it's one of the, the core ways that they communicate their territory. And the drive to do that is very heavily hormonally controlled. Not that it's the sole thing, but in an unneutered male dog, um, it's almost une- inevitable that they're going to mark in a house. Um, and we have, I have some folks females. that... It, I'm sorry? Four females. We have four small female dogs in the house, too. Holy cow. And are they yeah. spayed? Or? Yes, they were just spayed. <laughs> They were okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, male dogs. This is this is something not uncommon. Um, so for where you're at, until his little gonads are gone, <laughs> this is going to be a challenge. And the good thing is that you know um, a lot of that may be improved by neutering him. But since he is already an adult and he's been doing this, there is some learned component to that. So it's not going to magically go away, and it's going to need to be followed up with some good behavioral training. And a lot of this kind of goes back to the fun fundamentals with dogs and them feeling comfortable with their territory so that they don't have to mark inside. Because we know that a a nervous and anxious and insecure dog is going to urine mark in an environment more readily than a dog that's comfortable, that's um, confident in his situations, and, you know, that's not so nervous or fearful. So a lot of this, I, I really emphasize basic obedience training and leash commands. Um, A dog that knows that the human is the gentle leader in the household um, is going to follow the rules and not be as inclined to say marking in the house saying, hey, this is my zone. Because he's going to say, hey, this is my parents' zone. I live here with them, but I don't have to mark. Um, okay. So, so, it, and that's going to be you know, working on come, sit, uh, all those basic leash commands. And then really with him, he's going to be a dog that I would not allow free access and free roam of the home at all okay um, because he does need to have um, a very supervised environment where you can watch him and I, I don't like to heavily punish when you catch them in the act unless you can actually get him outside to the proper area and then you say you know no 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 and then you say yes good boy we're going yeah. outside you take him out on a leash you give him that good praise or even a treat when he does it so yeah. kind of treat him like he's that eight-week-old puppy. That's where a lot of folks actually we will fail in these situations because we think, ah, oh, they're adults. They can run around. They'll be fine. Uh, but you really do need to accompany that with heavy praise and positive rewards where he does go, okay. when he does go where you want him to go. Okay. And because we have doggy door and he goes outside, you know, through the doggy door. But I'll find him, you know, where he has marked, not in the act, because he won't do it in front of me. He's a little, his name is Rascal and he, he matches his name. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I will find later I'll go, oh, really? Yeah. You just marked on the bag? Thank you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, I've dealt with this with my little boss man. Uh, I have a little terrier. And when I first got him, he wanted to mark all over the place um, when he wanted to mark. And, and what I had to do was take control. So when we went out on a leash, he didn't just go pull me aside and go to a, a tree to go marking. He wanted to, and he did at first. I worked with him and corrected that. So when I gave him the word, go potty or go to the bathroom, 
he was permitted to go to the side and mark, but not mm-hmm. until I told him it was okay to. And that's a lot of just kind of learning that respect and that leash command. And that, right. and that that's where you'll you'll need to work on the efforts. And then one other little tool you can use in the household um, for male dogs that can help them to not tinkle on themselves um, or tinkle in the house is to use a belly band. And it's a little type of an um, uh, elasticy band that you put over the boy parts, right over the lower abdomen. And uh-huh. If he were to urine mark with that on, it's basically he tinkles up against his skin, and it's an unpleasant situation. And a lot of dogs actually, it it can help them to not do that because they uh, they don't like that sensation. You know, just like a a baby in a diaper. At like a, a pet place or just a piece of oh, sure. You may okay. find that online or yeah at local pet stores, and they're basically just known as belly bands. That's a great idea. I like that. Okay. Well, okay. good luck with that, Diana, and Thank and bless you. you for taking those babies in. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your help. Take care. one 405 8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science. Just like us, our pets are getting older. Who's that guy in the mirror, I say? My joints stiffen up, and so do the dogs. And jumping for joy suddenly seems more difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help support joint health in your pet. They'll be bound enough to say thank you. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's go to line four. Hi, Mel. Welcome to the show. Hi there. What's going on? Uh, we have a chinchilla. Uh, it's oh, probably about cool. 10 years old. And she pretty much stopped chewing on things like she normally used to. Mm. Okay. And it looks like her teeth are getting a little longer. Mm, okay. uh, she, she does still eat, you know, like her regular food and hay. But, uh, you know, she's drooling a lot and seems to be drinking a lot more water. Ooh, okay. She is drooling, so she's getting a little stained on her face with that? Yep. Yeah, and I don't know uh, if it's just because of the way she's drinking and drinking a much. It seems like a lot more. Okay. All right. Now, normally people with rodents would say, oh, my God, they chew a lot already. So it's good when they don't chew. Um, but in this situation, especially since you were describing that she's having drooling, gosh, um, I'd say the number one thing we need to do is a good dental exam on her. Um, the front teeth, the incisors are one thing, but the back teeth, the molars in uh, chinchillas as well as rabbits can really be a huge problem. They are continually growing and they continually wear the opposing teeth down. Um, if they start to get little spikes and overgrow in aspects, that creates cheek pain or it can even entrap the tongue. Um, so it can be quite serious. And um, if we're giving up on some of those chewing items or some of the different hay items, uh those are some of the first signs that I say that we need to get a good look inside that oral cavity and, and evaluate those teeth. Um, many chinchillas do need to have their teeth trimmed. Um, so uh, getting a good look is part of it. Um, and then doing any kind of uh, uh, dental care that we might need to trim the teeth or, heaven forbid, if there's any bad ones that are actually uh, creating abscesses, then extracting those, surgically extracting those would be the way to proceed there. But uh, I'd say definitely the first thing I would do is get a good look inside that mouth and, uh, you know, make sure your veterinarian's comfortable looking at chinchilla mouse because um, they are a little interesting little critters and they got a lot of crooked little teeth in that mouth and it can be... Um, it can be very overwhelming if, uh, if they're not comfortable with that. Got it. They're soft, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're beautiful. You can do it, make love out of them. <laughs> they do make oh, love. No. Out of them. <laughs> oh no! Not this one. What is their no. No- what is their normal lifespan, Doctor Debbie? 
You know, actually, your baby sounds like we're already pretty much in the in the older years of uh, chinchillas. So yeah, I do see them living eight, ten, twelve years. Um, but uh, uh, certainly hope that your baby sees many more years beyond that. Thanks for your call today. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need from Glycoflex Joint Support to Composure for Pet Stress. Vetra Science has the supplement for all your pets' needs. And thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. An Australian woman was recently sentenced to nine months of community service for smuggling protected fish from Asia in her dress. 45-year-old Sharon Naismith was caught in a Melbourne airport trying to smuggle the fish. Customs officers reportedly heard flipping noises coming from her clothes and conducted a search. In a specially made apron under her dress, they found 15 plastic bags filled with water and fish, one rare Asian arowana that Customs said was worth tens of thousands of dollars, and 14 catfish. Naismith, who had just arrived from Singapore, pleaded guilty to a charge of attempting to import regulated wildlife. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, stay or neuter your animals today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Grab your fat pets. Bring him around the radio. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Travis Brorson. He's a uh, pet expert and trainer and host of the brand-new show, My Big Fat Pet Makeover on Animal Planet, premiering next weekend. And so I see that we have Ladybug and Molly, the studio stunt dog, who's just a little bit overweight. There's just a little bit. Just budget. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all very interested in this upcoming interview. I better get Roro in Sunday yeah, you, for this one, too. I think so. <laughs> I think so. What are you working on over there? Um, one of those great stories of thank God somebody gave that pet a microchip. Oh. Because, yeah. And those, those are always happy. And if you have animal loving children on your holiday gift list, uh, we'll tell you what the animal related toys are on the new 2017 holiday hot toys list. Oh, okay. I can't. A little bit wait. of everything. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Let's take another one for Dr. Debbie, and we have Maureen on the phone. Hi, Maureen. Hi, there. How are you? Very good. Where are you Hello. calling from today? Reading, Pennsylvania. Love Reading, W-E-E-U, our affiliate there. That's, yes, that's correct. I have Dr. Debbie right here. Come on over, Dr. Debbie. Hi, I'm pushing him aside Hi. here. <laughs> Hi, there. Dr. Debbie. I'm calling because I have a new rescue pup, and I even have what they call the break 
break fast bowl, and she just takes down, chows down this food, and it's small kibbles like you would not believe. And I'm wondering what I can do to to stop that because I'm afraid it's not good for her, and I'm afraid she's going to get. I think I think I'm trying to think of the terminology when a dog ingests food and they don't um, they don't chew it well. Uh-huh. She is. Well, I mean, she is a. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say they can. We do worry about bloat if a pet eats really bloat. fast and gorges That's the right herself. word. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, is she currently having any health problems with it, or you're just being cautious and, and being proactive? Well, I'm I'm being proactive about it, and I, and I'm tr- and I, to be honest with you, I'm lifting her face even away from this bowl because I'm afraid that she's going to throw up because she just ingests this. She she ingests this like like she's never eaten before. Okay, and she's how old? One to one and a half. Okay, and do you have other dogs, or is she the only one? I do have another dog, yes, and that other dog is eight. Yes. Okay. And are they fed together and out of the same bowl, different bowls? Oh, they're fed out of different bowls. Absolutely, yes. Okay, good. All right. Well, the first thing that I'll say is that there is definitely, it's well recognized that sometimes pets that are adopted or that come from, oh, tough beginnings can sometimes have issues with food when it comes to eating and eating it all up very fast. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of it we don't know what experiences, you know, the pet had on the road uh, uh, beforehand. But it can can leave some impact mentally. So some some tips definitely that um, that bowl that you're referring to is kind of a cool bowl that um, some people make their own at home, but it's actually a pre-made bowl that has little like uh, pegs that kind of sit up, yes. stick up from the bottom yes. of the bowl. So the idea is it slows down how fast the pet can ingest the food from the bowl. Uh, some people will just overturn cups and put them inside the bowl, and you can do the same thing at home. But if we're still doing uh, that behavior, um, the other strategies that we can try now, <laughs> doesn't work for every dog. Some dogs, I will try to switch them over to free feeding or open feeding, because part of the concern is that, oh my God, this food's going to be gone and I'm not going to have any. Okay. Um, it only works for certain dogs, and I usually prefer it to be in a single dog home um, okay. because then we have less worry about resource competition. Um, trying okay. to eat your food really fast so the other dog can't get to it. Well, the other and, dog doesn't go anywhere near her bowl. She goes near the other dog's bowl. Sure, sure. And what we have to recognize is that she, for whatever reason, has concerns about that food not being there um, when she gets back or that it's going to be taken away from her. So um, we need to do whatever we can to reassure her of that. So um, a lot of times I'll try to practice uh, quiet behaviors before feeding just to kind of help resume some control and to decrease the pet's anxiety. So something simple like saying, okay, the food's sitting in front of you. Let's practice a sit or a shake paw. And then you give a command to say, okay, it's all right to eat. Um, That helps to kind of connect the dog to say, all right, everything's okay. The food's there. And it kind of diverts the mind. So that's one just training thing. But otherwise, other strategies, we can go to giving food in other ways so that she has to kind of work for it. Um, There's a lot of different toys out there, uh, the Kong toys, the Busy Buddy toys, where you can put the actual pet's food inside toy items, and it gives them something to do, gives them a little more time um, to ingest the food, and it kind of makes it a little bit more interactive and fun. So that's one way also to kind of make 
mealtime stretch out a little bit and to make it a little bit more fun. I've had some folks hiding food in the house. Um, yeah, you just got to watch for that really determined dog, like probably my Labrador, that would probably eat um, through furniture under carpet to get to the food. So. Okay. Um, but I think that, you know, that and just being patient uh, and uh, giving her a little extra time, uh, being watchful for your other dog, because even if the other dog isn't physically going into that bowl, sometimes uh, that psychological just fear yeah. or stress that the other dog might. So you may consider feeding them separately just to kind of ease her mind. Okay. Thank you very so, much. Thank you, Maureen, You're for your call. Right. Okay, bye-bye. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is underwritten by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com, and thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, there's a new discovery that has just hit the world of guinea pigs. Dutch researchers say the cute furry rodents may carry germs tied to a very serious type of pneumonia. It's caused by, this pneumonia is caused by the same bacteria which causes pink eye in guinea pigs. And three people in the Netherlands wound up hospitalized for this serious pneumonia after contact with guinea pigs resulted in their infection with that bacteria. So two of the three patients actually had to be put on a ventilator in intensive care units, although all three of them did survive after they had treatment with antibiotics. You see, the problem was is it took a long time for them to figure it out. Now they know you treat it with antibiotics, but be aware this could happen. It was previously not known, you see, that the bacteria could also infect humans. 
Now, not all guinea pigs carry this bacteria, but many likely do because an earlier study found the bacteria's DNA in 59 out of 123 guinea pigs that were being tested because they had eye disease or that pink eye. So if your guinea pig gets pink eye, it is really important that you practice really good personal and pet hygiene Washing your hands every time after you handle the pet, just in case your guinea pig does have that bacteria. But certainly do not let anybody who is immune compromised or even very young children handle guineas with eye infections. Yeah, yeah. Can I pop in and say don't uh, share your eyeglasses with your guinea pig because that's a great way to transfer the... Uh... <laughs> or don't share your eye medication. They're, you know, I have people that do that. Yep, They'll yep. use their own eye drops for their pet and vice versa. Yeah, so. so there you go. And, and never touch the tip of the bottle to the eyeball and then stick it in your mouth and eat it. Yeah, um, just that's a good general practice. And, and never never to really put any bottles in your mouth to eat. And that's just another tip from us here at uh, Animal Radio. We have a ton of disclaimers today. Yes, we sure do. So this might be a little bit early. I know, you know, it's early for Halloween for some people, but uh, I'm talking Christmas here. Uh, but still, I thought you would like to know that there are a couple of great gifts for animal-loving children on this year's holiday hot toys list from Toys R Us. So if you know a child who loves Paw Patrol, and I think they all do, the Paw Patrol Sea Patroller toy set made the list, Ooh. as did Hatchimals Surprise. And <laughs> But the Hatchimals Surprise is not going to be available until next month. Damn it. And also the For Real Roaring Ivory, the Playful Tiger, um, which is a new white tiger version, uh-huh. also makes the list, but she's not going to be available until November. And uh, that ivory, the playful tiger, isn't cheap either. It's about 130 bucks. Wow, just like the Tickle Me Elmo. I know, you yeah, know, they don't have these available so they can build up the hype. So sure. by the time it comes out, everybody's scrambling yeah. and they sell them out and raise the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, pets seem to go missing all the time, sadly, but it's not every day that they can be reunited with their families. So this story about Jack the cat and his family, wow, they were so lucky. Ten years ago, Jack went missing, but because Jack had been microchipped as a kitten when he eventually turned up at the sanctuary, they did a scan on him, they found his family. They were shocked, if you can imagine, 10 years later to see their cat. Can you imagine that? That would be, I would have moved on by then. Yeah. They, they had. But you'd you still know, they, want your pet back. Sure, you'd sure, want that. sure. Oh, they said he was a little, actually smaller um, because, he, you know, just age and he's much older now. But he, I mean, he's still theirs and they're totally ecstatic to have him. Good wow. for them. Wow. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail 
and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This is Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soil pad with a fresh, clean one so that your home stays odor-free and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. Aaron, what's going on with your dog? Um, well, he has fairly severe allergies, um, including hypersensitivity to his own Demodex canis and um, including allergies to people as well as a lot of foods. So I was wondering if what I could do to minimize that. I've gone through all of the steroids, all of them, atopica, prednisone, um, and tumoral pea. I've got him on a raw diet. I have him on ivermectin to help minimize the demodex irritation, but he is still every day uncomfortable, and I know that a regimen of, of uh, steroids throughout his life is not only going to compromise his liver and kidneys and immune system, but potentially shorten his lifespan. Absolutely. Now, you sound like uh, you had him allergy tested. Is that correct? Yeah, we did both the viral, which I guess are not necessarily very accurate, and then we did the scratch testing, and he came up with um, pretty bad allergies to people, to mm-hmm. chicken, eggs, corn, rice, uh, pretty much everything that's in commercial dry dog food, which forced us to the, the raw diet. Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, if, you ha- if you had an allergy tested, did you at any time pursue allergy injections or desensitization therapy? We, di- we did, yes. I, we went through that for about a year. It seemed to have no effect whatsoever. And then we were going to do a rush induction um, and did that. Uh, I'm sorry, we did do a rush induction, and that still seemed to help not at all. And there, I, I know most dogs are allergic to certain seasons. He seems to be allergic year-round. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, wow, what a, what a lot you got going on with this baby. I mean, the real problem that we have is that when we attack a lot of these allergy issues with the immunosuppressants, the prednisone, the cyclosporine, uh, things like the Demodex kind of come to the surface. And truly, um, we are hesitant to try to use anything really potent on the allergies till we can clear the Demodex. And that can take a long time. Um, some dogs, we don't clear it. And it's a constant battle with that. So for me, when I hear of a pet that we're dealing with allergies, that having an active Demodex break, um, that's where I try to focus a lot of my efforts. That and any other concurrent infections, bacteria infections, yeast infections, and try uh-huh. to address those things and to address that as much as we can and then say, okay, let's regroup and then look at things uh, like steroids or uh, cyclosporine because it's actually the use of things like steroids indiscriminately a lot of times with these allergy patients that they give relief, but they can set up the pet to um, break with these uh, mites, uh, the Demodex mites. So right. that is, that's probably the, the best avenue that I could say to go to try to get a handle on things. And then if diet, if it is a year-round issue, then gosh, yeah, the diet would be a huge focus on how I would try to um, address that. And and definitely a lot of the, um, the blood allergy testing for food allergies is not always very useful. Um, yeah. So we usually try to do more of uh, the elimination diet. So things like raw are fine, but there's still things in raw food that can be an, an allergen um so 
I'm not sure what therapies you've tried, but whether we go with a hydrolyzed protein or even a novel protein diet where we're trying to eliminate and only pick a few ingredients and keeping it really uh, pure, if you will. Um, that's how I like to go after the food allergy component with the, the year-round issues. And then sure. making sure fleas are under control. Got to keep those fleas under control as well um, if that's an issue for your area. It's not. He was uh, he was in Las Vegas, and actually, unfortunately, now he is um, he's in Arizona at a foster home for the time being. Um, but we did do the elimination diet. We did that for about two years with the journal, um, and we we have him on a minimal amount of ingredients, which seem to be okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. this is this is what I'm just saying in my head against the wall a little bit. Yeah, and and it will be, in his situation, I would be realistic in that this is going to be a lifelong battle that um, a lot of times uh, looking for the inexpensive or the end of the road um, is probably not likely going to be there because he's always going to have issues and you're going to have to modify that, especially as you move from one locale to another with him. Um, and I recently had someone move to from Michigan to Las Vegas and they said, oh, we did all the allergy testing in Michigan and you know what, we know he's allergic to things. And I said, well, you know, after you're in a new environment, there are different allergens and some may be a greater component than others. So um, retesting when there is a move and potentially going on another allergy therapy um, might be another thought uh, to consider as well. Aaron, we wish you the best of luck with that. one 405 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Joyce Stewart on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. Join Fido Friendly Magazine with presenting sponsor Petco Foundation for the ninth annual Cross Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Brought to you by media sponsor Animal Radio, car sponsor Legends Car Rentals, companion sponsor Evercare, and safety sponsor Sleepy Pod. The tour stops at shelters from L.A. to Chicago to support adoption events. Check out FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops in a city near you. And you might just find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Ladybug is a, uh, what would you say? She's about 10 pounds. Probably she'll be a little less. She's a little less. Nine point something. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Now, what would the doctor say she should be? Probably about nine. So she's so just a little bit over. Just a little. Yeah. She was She was actually over 10 pounds, and I got about a pound off her. So. How'd you do that? Um, just cut back a little on her food and her treats and more exercise. And it actually came off very good. And I was actually for a while was, uh, taking part of her food and pulling it away from her and replacing it with green beans. Green beans. As a filler. Oh, okay. So until I got the weight off her and now she's been maintaining. Well, as you probably know, uh, at least 60% wow. of our dogs and cats and goldfish are overweight. 
our pets are obese. It's it's a trend that's it's an alarming trend that's actually started within the last few years. You know what's what's shocking is my sister has chihuahuas, and when the vet told me that ladybug needed to lose about a pound or so, her vet told her that her chihuahuas needed to lose five pounds. Five pounds. That's a lot for, for a, a chihuahua. chihuahua. <laughs> they are Lord. just round little roly polies. You know, and you know we often treat them, give them all kinds of treats sure. and food from the table, and we think we're doing good. We think that uh, it shows our love. Yeah, we think yes. it shows our love, but it really doesn't because ultimately that poundage on a little chihuahua's bones or any dog's bones can cause problems down the line for them. Uh, on their bones, on their organs, everything. We welcome to the show pet expert and trainer Travis Brorson. He is starting a brand new show on Animal Planet. It actually premieres next week. It's called My Big Fat Pet Makeover. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Travis? Uh, thanks, Hal. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, thank you so much. Glad to be here. So do you have any pets at home? I do. I do. I have a, a white boxer rescue from the Oklahoma Boxer Rescue, where I am from, and he's he's getting up there in age. He's almost seven. Uh, he's doing good. I, a lot of pressure for me to keep him in shape, sure. you know, being the host of this new show. Yeah, yeah I thought you were going to say he's getting up there and pounding. <laughs> I was getting worried. I was going to say, no, you don't have a fat pet. <laughs> No, no. Luckily, he gets uh, he gets a lot of that stuff you're talking about, the exercise and making sure we have have the right calorie intake and all that good stuff. So tell us about the show that's going to be on Animal Planet next week. Sure, Al. Uh, you know, what's so exciting about this show, it's, to put it simple, it's the biggest loser meets pet. Okay. <laughs> with a little bit of animal behavior and training thrown in. Um, you know, as you know, uh, you have a wonderful guests on your show, a lot of wonderful trainers. It's really more about training the owners and getting them on board you know really when it comes down to it the pet usually is the easy part it's it's getting the owners and when it comes to pets telling an owner that their pet is overweight well talk about hitting a soft spot yeah uh so uh, literally i guess hitting a soft spot do you you notice that uh pets with uh fat pets have fat pet owners you know there is a trend uh there is a trend and believe it or not we had uh, some of the owners on the first season of the show actually lose weight. One of them lost oh. up to 50 pounds. Wow. The owners. Wow. Yep. And it was really just, you know, how you know, it's really just lifestyle change. You know, you can make a lot of those smaller changes, but if you aren't able to stick with it and make it a routine, you know, you just like human diets, we, we, we diet for a few weeks and we fall back into our old habits. And it's really about, you know, making a, a whole lifestyle change. So did you see any kind of trend where there are more certain type of breeds that were overweight or was it certain type, you know, like an age-related thing? Sure, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, to be honest with you, there wasn't anything that stuck out as far as similarities with the issues. What we did find is that there were some owners who hadn't been to, hadn't had a vet checkup in a really long time. You know, and before we started working with any pets, we had to get them to the vet. We had to get them cleared to make sure that, you know, they were in a, in a healthy place to lose weight. You know, like, for instance, dogs, it's really they should only be losing between 3 and 5% of their body weight per month uh, to stay in a really safe zone. So it's not the kind of thing where you can just go in and, you know, obviously you can't starve a pet to get them healthy. That's actually, you know, almost as bad as having them be obese. So. Yeah. Uh, what we really found was that there was just a lot of miscommunication, a lot of owners that just weren't educated, you know, on how important pet health was. Uh, and then, you know, with education, you know, they felt empowered to make some big changes. Mm. This 
uh, unlike the biggest loser, isn't a contest. What you win is extra years added to your dog's life. So it's so just, there, it's just a makeover. It's not a contest. It is. There's no, yeah, there's no, nothing you win, um, other than unconditional love. And as I'm sure you all agree, uh, that you can't put a dollar amount on that. The whole process is meant to build the bond and relationship between the owners and the pets. And as they go through this process, you know, we put together a complete health and wellness plan, everything from daily exercise to the amount of food they should be feeding, when they should be feeding. Um, obviously, you know, you mentioned earlier green beans as, as fillers. You know, we give them a list of things that they can add for those fillers, broccoli and apples, carrots, you know, a lot of great vegetables they can put in there, bananas and strawberries and you know, really give them a lot of extra options to cut out all those table foods. And we really just make it a fun and, a, and, a, and a, an enrichment process for the owner and the pet. Okay, the program is called My Big Fat Pet Makeover, and it kicks off next weekend, 10 p.m. on Animal Planet. And we'll put all the information over at animalradio.pet. Thank you guys so much, My Big Fat Pet Makeover uh, on Animal Planet, uh, coming up next weekend. So thank you guys for your time. Take care. Thank Travis Borson joining us. Well, that's all we have time for today. Remember, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, her Kindle Reads, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friends. We have links from over at AnimalRadio.com. And, of course, if you need your fix during the week, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And we'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.